It all began in a peaceful community, a place that had never known evil until now. They slime. We got a new dead body showing up every 10 minutes. There's something down there that's killing They got into the water system. Now they'll get into your system. It has three or four rows of teeth. It's exactly what you think it is. Oh, hey, my kung fu professor. What's the story, Cha? Oh, I am out jogging. And next thing I know, I am on ground. <laughs> Something I eat. <laughs> Bad chop suey. So long. Take it easy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sleezoids, the podcast where we go down the rabbit hole of 20th century genre fare from the most influential canon classics to the trashiest exploitation films we can get our hands on and invite you to tag along in helping us create a canon of sleaze. Each week is a double feature grindhouse style where we discuss two films loosely related by subject, genre, actor, filmmaker, or franchise at the end of each episode along with our honorary Sleezoids, which you can become by subscribing on Patreon. We decide on the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers also get an honor shout-out and two bonus episodes every single month that we have been doing for, like, oh, man, like eight eight months or yeah. so now. Yeah. So there's, like, 16 episodes back there waiting for you, just waiting for you to pull Tons the trigger of hours of content. So if you haven't become an honorary Sleezoid over on patreon.com slash podcast. consider doing that. Uh, that being said, we actually do, because we are so terrible at this part of the show, the housekeeping part, <laughs> yeah. we didn't thank any patrons last week, and there's like six of you now. So thanks so much to, oh God, this is the worst part every time, Nathaniel uh, Fewager. Nice. Thanks, man. You're awesome. Dan Mercurio. Uh, the Soda Spider. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Got a... Superhero. Uh, Alex Harnish, David Fenton, and Aaron Nash. Thanks so much, everyone, you guys for are awesome. jumping into the sleaze with us. Uh, heads first. Yes. Right into that dumpster. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, and the only other plug for the week, as always... If you guys are listening on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, if you guys have been liking the show, give us a good old rating and review over there. It helps us find new listeners every week. Yes, and that's it. Too. Those are, uh, we've, we've sold out. Those are the plugs. <laughs> yeah. We're done. As always, I'm your host, Josh Lewis, and joining me... Jamie Miller. My co-host. Back. <laughs> uh, welcome back to another episode where we're going to go into the trash once again. Uh, two weeks ago would have been the last time you guys heard from us free listeners, uh, when we would have been talking, uh, not trash at all. Prestige films, actually. We had, uh, uh, Everett Rummage, uh, also known on Twitter as at Trillburn. Yeah. Big history guy. Noted history buff and, uh, host of the Age of Napoleon podcast where he talks about the history of the Napoleonic age. Mm -hmm. And we had him on, him on to talk two prestige historical epics, which were One, amazing. Lawrence of Arabia, directed by David Lean, uh, four hours long. <laughs> yep. Amazing. <laughs> Incredible. Blue by, uh, lots of great sand and spectacle and a weirdly sad character study at the heart of it. Yeah, I had no idea that I was going to go into oh, a yeah, movie yeah. with that I kind of I character. Felt some things. Yeah. And then we paired it with another sort of uh, historical epic that also is about a political revolution and colonial resistance story in the Middle East, uh, similarly to Lawrence of Arabia, but uh, by uh, Gilo Pontecorvo, the Italian filmmaker, mm. doing the uh, Algerian resistance of French colonization in the 1960s. Yep. 
Early yes. 60s, I believe. Yeah, the movie came out just a few years <laughs> after people would have been watching that on their TV screens. Crazy. The Battle of Algiers was that film uh, shot in a kind of black and white docudrama style that resembles the kind of TV footage you would have been watching of kind of riotous events yeah. at the time. Uh, very powerful film and a very immersive film in the sort of on the ground experience of uh, sort of uh, armed revolution, I guess, would, would be yeah. what we would call it. Uh, both uh, excellent films. So if you haven't heard that episode, it was two weeks ago. It's for free. It's out there. Go really? check it out. Uh, but one week ago would have been the last time patrons would have heard from us and we would have been talking George A. Romero with a double feature of his 1968 film Night of the Living Dead that yes. in the sort of uh, patient zero for the uh, zombie film as we know it. Yep. Uh, very gorgeous black and white film that has one of the all-timer endings. Oh, man. <laughs> Super dark. Just so dark. Uh, Gives you nothing. Exactly. And we followed it up with his 1973 feature, uh, The Crazies, which uh, sort of picked up where Night of the Living Dead leaves off with the idea of this very distrustful sense of the military uh, and systemic reaction to emergency situations and kind of tackles it from a more sprawling point of view, very nihilistic film uh, about <laughs> dealing with that kind of situation uh, and all of the parties. You're, you're left unsure whether people are dying from a, a crazy infection or if people are just being made crazy by uh, the sort of military response to that situation. Mm -hmm. uh, either way, both very good films. George A. Romero, one of the best uh, genre satirist i guess i mean not really a satirist more of a socially conscious genre filmmaker that only saw uh genre elements as a way to say something about the world that he sees yeah um and, and he, for all and kinds he just of hates the government all kind of un, unhinged <laughs> films uh so that was what we did two week or sorry one week ago for patrons but this week we brought on a another special guest for you guys we have brought on eric peacock Eric, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming. Eric, now, Eric, what films have you brought with you this week, and why have you paired them together? Well, I brought what I consider to be the fitting in with your theme a few weeks ago, Lawrence of Arabia slasher films pieces. Um, it's a <laughs> <laughs> you know right up there. You got there. We go. Uh, yeah, it's you know sand. It's a giant epic. Um, no, I brought pieces and I brought slugs. Uh, uh, I brought those because they were both directed by my personal favorite trash merchant, J.P. Simon, who, you know, he doesn't have the catalog of some of the other better known um, sleaze directors. But as far as it goes with him, quality trumps quantity any day of the week, because Pieces is honestly one of my favorite movies of all time, like bar none. Um, now, when I say favorite, that doesn't mean best. <laughs> so I'm aware that it's not what you would consider to be a great movie, but I can't tell you how many times I've been down in the dumps. I've had a shitty day and I just, you know what? I'm going to throw on pieces. Yeah. And then slugs is, um, slugs is, is a minor masterpiece of his, uh, <laughs> you know, the first time I saw slugs, it was after seeing pieces already. And I remember the first time I saw slugs being slugs, slightly disappointed because it wasn't quite loony enough, but I've come to love it more since then. And I think it's funny because if you had never seen pieces and watched slugs and realized that there's another movie loonier than that, that speaks 
so much to what a great movie pieces is. But yeah, I brought them because they're incredibly fun exploitation classics as far as I'm concerned. Awesome. Definitely. Well, that's as good as introduction as I can do. So Hell yeah. we're, we're just going to jump right into it, I think. We're going to be talking pieces. Let's do it. Warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Pieces. Absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. All right, we are talking Pieces, the 1982 film directed by J.P. Simon. Thank you so much for telling me I could say J.P. Simon, just <laughs> doing it first, because I tr- I can't do the... Like, I might be saying it wrong, but... <laughs> there's a little accent on the O, which just terrifies me. Every yeah. time there's an accent on names, I'm so bad. And Not even going to bother trying. Yeah. I prefer to just write I, names. Uh, that's yeah. just how it goes. I can never get that wrong. <laughs> uh, but J.P. Simon... Uh, an, an exploitation filmmaker, we will say, when we're talking about technically his two most popular films, which is, uh, it made me want to go and check out maybe some of his lesser known things. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah. what is this extraterrestrial visitors? Well, I will tell you right now that The Rift. The Rift? The, the Rift has Arlie Ermey, and The Rift is incredibly fun also. Uh, the Rift came out at the same, same time as like The Abyss and Leviathan and Deep Star Six. And like when there was like a whole slew of underwater monster movies. He did the rift, so the, and Arlie Ermey's in it, and it owns. It's not. It's not as good as Pieces or Slugs, but it's still really fun. So nice. th- th- this has got to be the guy they went to when they needed a knockoff of a hit movie done for cheap and, and done and done well and done with enough shock factor that people were like accepting of it. Oh yeah, yeah. They were like, "This is different." Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Because <laughs> Pieces is n- notoriously a, a Texas Chainsaw. Uh, riff uh, mm-hmm. in its own marketing campaign said uh, you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre <laughs> yeah. uh, watch pieces <laughs> uh, which is a uh, Boston set film uh, which I don't it, think any Boston accents no there's no Boston <laughs> accents and it wasn't shot in Boston it okay. was shot in Madrid in Spain where he's where the filmmaker oh, was from oh really okay uh, and they could not even afford to get a second unit sent to Boston to film like just you know those like establishing shots of like a Boston school and then they they, right, they right. show that and then they cut to an interior and you're just like oh they're in Boston somewhere oh, uh, okay. he couldn't even afford the shots of the signs of Boston so they ended up stealing location <laughs> footage from other films of Boston. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so th- that should... You do what you gotta do. That to should make give your you part. a good introduction to sort of the kind of haphazardly thrown-together style of this film, which honestly, for me, at first baffled me, and then sure. as I sat with the film, made it m- even more truthful <laughs> yeah. and made me appreciate it more. Uh <laughs> It makes it br- it brings its title into something meta. This idea of that he's just haphazardly thrown these mutilated pieces of scenes from American films that he's seen and just been like, "That's a film. Yeah, <laughs> that's an American film." Exactly. I, like I don't think this guy's spoken or been to America yeah. or spoken to anyone there. It's got a chainsaw. It's got boobs. Yeah, it's got you know a dean. It's got pissed. sex crazed teens yep. saying saying teen lines. Uh, <laughs> Some of the best. They I, love smoking pot and they and love fucking on a waterbed, baby. 
That's what it's all about. <laughs> but I, I lost my oh. mind when that, that when that line popped up. Oh, oh yeah. my god. That was basically my review of the film. It, it's incredible. <laughs> it was like, go see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you noticed this, but at the beginning, the opening scene, there's a really fun on the on the I've actually, this is how big of a loser I am. I own that on both DVD and Blu-ray because I had to upgrade when it came out. Um, <laughs> nice. But uh, there's a, there's an audio track where they, and I don't usually like these, but it is pretty fun, where they played an audience reaction at the Alamo Draft House to watching it. And something that I picked up that I would have never noticed before, because the crowd starts laughing at the first scene, and I'm like, what is so funny? So the opening scene takes place and again, if you rewatch it ever, which I hope you do, because it really does get better with every viewing, I think, um, yeah. or at least at least upon rewatch, because you catch things. But, but the uh, the opening sequence with the kid in his bedroom and it takes place in like 1940 or 50. There's an establishing shot, a cut in shot of a telephone and it's a touchtone phone, which didn't exist for like 30 years after that. And it's just this <laughs> like, again, the, yeah, yeah, it's just these little things that, that just make it so inept and so like even at its most problematic, which I don't, I don't care about that. But I mean, it, it, yeah. you know, you've got it's fairly misogynistic. <laughs> the whole scene with the kung fu instructor and the bad chop suey oh, that's yeah. just so weird and random. Like you <laughs> can't get mad at it though because it's almost like a puppy that like shits on your <laughs> carpet. You're just like, ah, you don't know better. You don't know any better. Yeah, <laughs> just, this, the, the, yeah this there's so many wildly... little things like that that make it so charming. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wildly incoherent, like inscrutable film that I didn't get on its wavelength until about halfway through the film. And I was like, sure. oh, this is its charm. Yeah. That, that this film is so just yeah. a- assembled from a bunch of mutilated pieces yeah. itself. And the uh, and it has some, <laughs> some absolutely great moments when it comes to the, like, just, I guess, the character of this film. Like the, like the blonde woman that does the three bastards in a row just like oh bastard yeah. <laughs> bastard like it's just so epic and uh, yeah it's one of those things that i'm surprised i haven't honestly seen memed yet because it's just not that it i i i thought it was great and it works well with the movie honestly it's it the whole charm of it is kind of revolved around that kind of humor and and moments but I am very surprised that this movie has not been memed to shit yet. <laughs> well, no, because it's, it's it's so. I know. I just. <laughs> it's not fair. It should be memed. It should be. It's it's, it's yeah, so it needs to be more known. Absolutely. I mean, the, it, it's it's baffling right from like the opening scene where there's a child putting a puzzle piece together of a naked woman, and the mom is furious because she's just like, "Wow, how well, dare you!" Yeah, you're just like your father. Yeah, making naked women Wait, puzzles. Here, stupid. <laughs> yeah. And 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 the the thing. Well, that's, it says a lot that like. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that the thing that threw me immediately is that this is overtly dubbed, but they're all yeah. speaking like all the mouths are speaking English. So clearly, I don't know if they just didn't have the money to record on set audio and just decided to dub the entire film after shooting it all. Right. Which, but it leads to like a weird distance between what you're watching and what you're hearing. Yeah. Um. And yes, which is only exacerbated by the really bizarre dialogue. Yeah. Which which makes sense because on on a <laughs> plot level, you're listening to it and you're like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but like the tone is off or like the, yeah. like there's a weird choice of word that just yeah. some, a human wouldn't actually say. Absolutely. Uh, and it totally adds to the charm of the movie. Well, the, the first time, go ahead, go ahead. The first time, sorry, sorry. The first time I saw pieces, 
um, this is how like much the charm and like oddness breaks through. So I watched it. I didn't know any better. You know, I knew it was like, I, yeah, actually the first time I saw it was the, the old days of Netflix when you could get discs and it was like an amazing thing because there were all these like bottom barrel horror movies that I wanted to see that I never got to see because like, I mean, really awesome college video store had them on VHS, but my VCR was broken. So like I could get these without like spending 20 bucks on Amazon knowing whether or not I was going to get something terrible. And I watched it and for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to watch the Italian language version because I'm sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> and it was not nearly as good because the weird music is like, it's, it's a more serious tone, but even with a more serious tone, I realized how bonkers it was when the scene at the scene when the girl gets cut up in the pool and uh, Bluto from the Popeye movie that's like the red herring, the ultimate red herring <laughs> bad guy, the the groundskeeper. Yeah. Um, you know, and they bring in the science teacher and they're like, the I love it's so funny because the cops are like, look, we're not scientists here. We need your opinion. Did that chainsaw cut up that girl over there? And he walks over and he's like, this chainsaw cut up that girl. And I remember laughing like, of course it did. There's a girl cut into like. <laughs> 10 pieces Several and a blood covered yeah. chainsaw and the cops need to refer to the scientist to know whether or not that was the culprit. So like, yeah, there's so many little charming things that creak through that even in it's like Italian language form, I was like, this movie is way off and I need to watch it with an English dub. Oh yeah. Well, and, and especially cause right after that he goes and he touches the chainsaw that is very clearly covered in blood and they're just like, dude, that's evidence. <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the groundskeeper yeah. is in the background, like perpetually squinting being like, I'm up to something. Uh, yeah, and even though he you're even cleaning a, like, a <laughs> yeah. chainsaw at the time too, he's like cleaning it and just smiling at them like a yeah. weird creep. It's the most bizarrely constructed murder <laughs> mystery that has no investment in the actual murder mystery at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just more make, interested in just how all of these people are weirdly creepy and don't talk like people yeah. at all. Did you like guys, the creepy teacher <laughs> with the mustache who's talking about like pectorals oh, and yeah. like, oh my god! Did you guys bother to uh, to try to guess who the killer was at the beginning? Because I always do if it's possible in a film, and I I thought it was going to be the professor, but yeah, uh, yeah, and it's pretty easy at that one, I think. Yeah. Like, the, you know it's the dean. Well, see, I thought it was the professor until maybe the latter half because the professor was just acting really odd every time that he popped up. He was kind of uh, ignoring people, and then he did the the thing where he touches the the evidence in the uh, like right. the field. He literally, t I thought, and I thought that that was kind of his he, he way was, of getting was, he, his fingerprints on exactly. it without you know actually killing anybody. But then I was wrong. But and I, I felt also stupid. Think <laughs> They, they read hearing him also, though, with one of my favorite lines in the movie is when he's waiting in the office to go talk to the dean and it cuts to the dean and the dean is talking about him. And all you catch of the dean's conversation is, yes, he's unmarried and lives with his mother. And that's like the <laughs> only thing you hear about this guy before he goes in. And it's like automatically I'm like, OK, they're set this guy up to be a weirdo. So there's no way it's him. They're trying to make you think it's this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Right. And, and also the Dean had just has a British accent in Boston <laughs> yeah. and, and, I, and he's the only one who has it. So, so I, was like, that <laughs> I was kind of like, what? And then also <laughs> speaking of bizarre lines, uh, I, I need to ask because the, the girls are talking about the, the, the teacher and they're being like, damn, he's so hot. And he's the creepiest looking dude with like this <laughs> bizarre mustache. And uh, th th they call him a sugar plum. And then the other girl looks over to the girl and is like, you know what they say about sugar? 
And I was sitting there going, no. What do they say? What did they say about you? the joke. <laughs> what, what is it that, like, th- like, this is clearly an American saying. It's sweet? Apparently. I don't know. Maybe that's the... <laughs> yeah, it, it'll, it'll rot your teeth? I don't know <laughs> what yeah, they're like, trying to say. There's yeah. a couple things they say about sugar, I guess, you know? Yeah, and then they want... some. The, the girl goes up to <laughs> to one of the students and, and is just like, I want to get laid. I want to fuck in the pool, which I was just like, that's a normal thing that happens at the schools where the girl's just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go get naked and do a dance in the pool. Meet me there. Uh, and I was like, yeah. okay. Nothing Girls bad's going to happen like there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, uh, just, just normal, well, I normal think we're things. touching on... <laughs> well, and we're touching on my favorite aspect of pieces because you take any slasher film from the 80s, you know, and I love I love them. I own some of the dregs, you know, Evil Laugh and and Satan's Blade. And, you know, I own those movies because I'm a weirdo who loves that stuff. But like <laughs> the thing with a lot of 80s slashers is it's basically like stock characters and you kind of just wait for every kill to happen. And maybe there's some like scenery that's cool or and sometimes they don't even try that it's like literally like here comes one kill okay now i gotta watch some dumb characters doing dumb things yeah. this movie is actually more fun between the kills because everything is so weird yep well yeah and because it's, it's so overtly constructed to be exactly that that it's truthful this is a movie constructed to be nothing but what it wants to be the, a series of kills <laughs> connected by a story, but by with people, just loose weird jokes that are totally not made by right, well, people from because our they were side like, of the pond. Yeah, it feels like two people sat there and just haphazardly were like, "Okay, well, we need the girl to get to the pool, so how do we get her there?" And then how well, do she we, likes to fucking and now pools. and th- and then they got they got themselves to the pool and they were like, "Okay, well now he he needs to kill with the chainsaw, right?" So he, yeah, this, this so is like, about chainsaw. So, so like the pools aren't the most practical place to kill someone with a chainsaw. <laughs> so let's have him pull her by her head with a net out of the pool, then grab the chainsaw yeah, and yeah. chop her up. And he just of has pool. hanging out on the side. He's like he could have easily just yeah. drowned her, but it, it was like that. It was like the director was like, "But this is about chainsaw kills. Yeah, yeah. so we can't just but, have her be drowned. And, we and, gotta and they were include like, the chainsaw. We, we, we already wrote this great dramatic arc where she, we put her in the pool, so we can't." <laughs> just like not have her go in the pool now (laughs) so like again this this movie is just so overtly haphazardly thrown together in that way that it's so charming and it actually (laughs) resembles the killer's himself who is chopping things into pieces and mutilating them yeah <laughs> and trying to uh you know kind of form uh, something together and yeah, whatever way out of can. it yeah. exactly like he's just kind of improvising at one point he even just straight up abandons the chainsaw thing for no reason <laughs> yeah there's a girl who's like walking into i don't even remember where she's walking into but she opens up the closet and you're you're thinking you're gonna get that traditional closet scare where he's like waiting in there for her mm-hmm. and he is but he's kind of like in the back corner where you can't see him and it's just a close-up jump scare shot of the chainsaw sitting there. And yeah. that's it. Oh, and, yeah. and then and then we watch him leave the closet, not take the chainsaw with him, and kill her with a knife. Despite the fact that we watched him try so hard to kill the other girl with the chainsaw. So yeah. I was like, what? You went out of your well, way to not so use the chainsaw. <laughs> And that was he the water. He sneaks at the elevator back, behind right? his back in that one shot. Yeah. No, it's the girl that's on the ele- there's the girl on the elevator and she's like trying oh, to close right. the door and, and you don't and he walks in and he's holding it but he's got this giant chainsaw behind, behind his back his like back. that's going to hide it from him. 
And she's just like, oh, I don't recognize you. Come on in. Even though you're totally hooded, masked, can't see your face, obviously have a hand behind you with holding something. But you're a trustworthy character. Well, it was the same thing with the girl in the pool. Because uh, she actually, actually spots him walking towards her like super early on. Okay. And it's just like, oh, hey, Kendall or Kendall, what's up? Oh, and, then, yeah. and then doesn't wait for a response and just like keeps swimming, not noticing that he's getting closer, like with a chainsaw. And yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and also, I mean, and I'm not. Maybe I'm just misremembering where she was when he. He's on like the other side of the pool. But you'd think that she'd just be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go to the other side of the (laughs) pool," and uh, I have totally destroyed your plan. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we haven't even got to this part because there's there's this whole bizarre story of this guy who, motivated by some sort of like uh, weirdo Freudian psychology wants to chop women into pieces yeah. because he got started by killing his his mom, I guess. Yeah. And then we... So while that is happening, that is the sort of uh, kind of... Uh, the, the broad construction to have a bunch of excuses to chainsaw people. Hmm. But while that's happening, we have like this almost rompish style detective hunt. Yeah. Where there's this cigar-chomping, charismatic detective who's walking around uh, overtly being terrible at solving this case <laughs> and, and sending uh, full a, confidence a, young, about it. a young tennis star undercover in the school as herself, a tennis star, <laughs> yeah. to infiltrate with a high school student or with, with a, a university student uh, to go and find the killer for some reason. These two are the ones to do it. And it's in their story where we get that bit with Bruce, Bruce Lay or Bruce, Bruce La, who is Bruce Lee minus one E <laughs> who was a literal Bruce Lee knockoff actor who the producer said had to be in the film because he was making Italian Kung Fu films in Rome. And he said, you need to include him in your movie. So, so that's what the 10 second cameo, the is? 10 second cameo of him running into the tennis star who is an undercover detective. And he, yeah. he like assaults her and then blames it on bad chop suey. <laughs> <was> the, <laughs> dude, I because I thought it was going a whole different way. I'm like, oh, are you telling me that this uh, that this foreign dude is is turns out to be the killer? Maybe they'll link it up somehow. I don't know. Yeah. And then they just right away turned it into a joke that yeah. I just that, that doesn't really translate. But and then because he never of the comes weirdness, back. It's still hilarious. Yeah. And and the kid is just like, oh, that's my kung fu professor. <laughs> yeah. Hey, professor, how are you doing? <laughs> And then he's just gone. He That's never, it. never comes That's back into the film of, in any kind. So like, Beautiful. and like, and like, this is the more dramatic side of it because like, that's what like, you know, we're watching a series of kills take place by a guy who just is upset with his mom. And then we're yeah. watching the people solving it who have no idea what they're doing. No reason to be the people who would be the ones to solve it. No, it doesn't seem so. Uh, and w- they just get, they're sort of our observers of all of these really, really horrifyingly uh, crafted deaths. Yeah. Uh, which I looked up, they used all kinds of animal carcasses and like pig entrails and stuff like that. So really? the, the bit where he's chainsawing the girl in the elevator and it looks like a chainsaw is tearing across flesh. Yeah. That's literally just a pig carcass that they used where the guy is just going right through it. Oh, damn. Uh, well, something else too is like, they always show the aftermath of the bodies. Like they'll mm-hmm. show the initial murder, but they won't show a lot given that they have limited technology and all that. But the, uh, but then when they show just the bodies laying there, it's always just like 
a pool of blood and like body parts sticking every which way. And I was like, damn, those images are pretty gruesome. Yeah, no, it's it, it, the kills are, are very impressive. And the one that stood out to me the most, which is like the only one done in like slow-mo for some reason mm. uh, and echoes the really bizarre line about smoking pot and fucking on waterbeds where a dude oh, yeah. kills he it's the one where he kills with the knife and he's stabbing over and over right. to the girl and in the right knife, through the mouth. right through her and Damn. into the waterbed which pops in slow motion right and, and then it turns into the, a pool of blood yeah the like, water and the blood all mixed together that was a great kill it's yeah. it's it's strangely beautifully yeah, filmed. Like it does seem very artistic. Yeah, for and sure. then and then you realize that it's also echoing probably one of the most bizarre di- lines of dialogue in the film. The fucking waterbed thing, right? Yeah, and you're just like, you connected, what is this movie? <laughs> what? You connected a, a piece of dialogue that I thought was totally just a throwaway funny line, and then you made it the center point of the kill. Like yeah. it's it's for, for some reason thinking I'm, about American this stuff, teenagers yeah. in the eighties love yeah. waterbeds. <laughs> yeah, like, foreshadowing, my friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Poetry. I just, it rhymes, I just did not right? think it was gonna happen. <laughs> I was like, that waterbed line has just got to be a fucking throwaway line. That's amazing, and to actually incorporate it in a movie <laughs> like this, I just I was impressed. <laughs> oh yeah, he went full circle, and I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I, I you know. One of the odder things, well, I mean, there's so many odd things, and obviously we'll get to it because we're not through there yet, but we still haven't talked about the ending, which is like the most what the hell just happened moment. Oh, oh yeah. Possibly that, ever in a movie. So but, good. Um, the, uh, the girl skateboarding at the beginning, who skateboards very slowly into that big piece of glass or mirror. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic <laughs> comedy. <laughs> For some reason is what sets off the Dean into his killing spree. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! And it makes no I, sense. I completely yeah, really forgot doesn't. about that part, but that's true. There's the two dudes like walking with the glass or the mirror or whatever, like the classic <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're just real. gonna walk through the street holding this giant thing, and then the Whoa! girl runs into it. <laughs> yeah, like it's that's what's funny too is the, usually she that bit. Into it at like a yeah, but it's like usually that bit is is played for comedy, and then this one it just like it's flips on it. Completely matter like, of fact. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna make this girl die. <laughs> Like this is an important plot element. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we, we, we should get to the ending because after a series of kind of like brutal kills of this guy going around killing a bunch of teens on the university and the really, really poor investigation into why it's happening uh, to the point where it's basically it's only actually revealed because they get caught by the Dean in which, his trap. Which you think he'd be caught earlier because this dude's killing people broad daylight in the middle of fields. Yeah. Like the second kill is a girl studying on a hillside, broad daylight, <laughs> sunny as hell, looks like a lovely day. Yeah. And then it's just a giant dude with a chainsaw, which isn't a subtle weapon by any means. No, it's like, it's like Driller Killer, right? Where we were talking about how <laughs> this guy this guy goes around and he even does that bit where he tries to silently stealth kill someone. Yeah, but like, he, you're, he you stealth, have a drill, bro. Yeah, he stealth kills someone with the power drill. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, whoever's in the house obviously heard that. Yeah, look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it's exactly. just, it makes no sense. It's beautiful. <laughs> but it all leads to the super bizarre <laughs> ending where the Dean is revealed to be the killer. Uh, and he, 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 he drugs the tennis star. And as right. he's about to kill her, he gets shot at. And then they reveal right, that, that he, he had this weird sort of like, 
Freudian relationship with his mom's corpse that he had hanging in his, in his closet. Yeah. Uh, but isn't, wasn't that also, wasn't parts of them from each victim that he Yeah, he, he was like assembling. Yes. He was right. assem- reassembling his mom. Right, and I gotta who, say, that was actually, I found that kind of to be scary. Like when, when the kid opens up the, the closet and mm. it falls out in slow motion, I was legitimately like, that's pretty gross. Well, and yeah, and it, it, it ties into creepy. the consistently recurring image of him putting the puzzle back together, together covered right. in blood the woman of the he naked used as a kid of the naked woman yeah, yeah. again so. there there is there is something there of uh a naked woman being reassembled uh and bloody yeah. <laughs> that uh, uh seems to have become literal by the finale right um but it <laughs> sorry <laughs> Mike, the our, cat just failed miserably. The cat just tried to make a jump that she could not make. Are you uh, embarrassed a little it right was now? Really bizarre. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I heard the thud. Yeah. I was yeah. afraid someone fell. Yeah, we're cat all good did. over here. Uh, oh man. Um, but yeah, so the she the the mom falls out of the closet after they've shot the dean in the head, and then. You, you kind of think of, you just be like, so, teen, you want to join the police force? And, like, there's this kind of, like, weird, like, we saved the day despite the fact that, Did like, nothing, tons basically. of people died. Yeah, and yeah. They, they didn't solve it until it was so overtly obvious. that Until like, the last girl was about to be killed, basically. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's, it, they were so terrible. Even uh, then, they were, like, this close. She was this close to being strangled. But then, at the very last second, the the corpse that's been reassembled of his mom briefly, like, reanimates and pulls the teen's a dick off. Right off. Or something. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And that, and that and cut to credits. Right. <laughs> now, I do have a theory. Okay. <laughs> because this kid... And this, it's so briefly set up, and that's why I think, like, like, because I was confused. And then I tried to remember a few things that happened with that kid. And the first thing is he tells a, a his friend not to tell them about the half hour that he was gone because he was out making out with a chick or having sex with her or something mm-hmm. like that. And he's also seeing somebody else. So throughout this movie, he sees multiple girls, mm-hmm. and then they get killed. So what oh. I'm thinking is that they come all back to life to rip this guy's dick off for <laughs> revenge because yes. they're you're, just like no, you're right yes <laughs> wow i did not piece that together at all yeah, there's only the nail one, on the head there's only one dialogue part about it like that sets uh, it up kind of so, and so then, be, and then because this corpse great, is made up of all their mutilated bodies right right uh, and then there's a great moment too where he's having sex with the one girl who i've never like Apparently she was being too enthusiastic, and he wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> and so he goes, he's like, "Shut up!" Yeah, he, he's Shut like, up. Hey, "You're making me feel too good about myself. I'm getting out of here." <laughs> and so he gets out of there, and then she has the funniest fucking line, which is just like, "I'll be quiet. You can gag me." <laughs> and I lost my mind. I couldn't believe that joke was in there. And by the way, that joke is also in forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Just for random trivia. <laughs> <laughs> this movie made me feel so they many types of things, pieces. man. Oh my god. It's the funniest shit ever. I was losing my mind at that scene. Wow. It was great. That's awesome that you put that together because I did not gather that at all. And I was mostly left baffled by the ending. But now I like it even more. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. like, You should never think this deeply about pieces, but honestly... There's this weird I mentioned earlier that it's like a problematic movie and there's like women in peril and it gets really misogynistic. Like you see the one girl peer peer pants in fear, which is like weird. But like 
at the same time, this this guy character, he's the hero, but he's also a fucking scumbag. You <laughs> right. know, like and even they establish his. and he gets punished at the end, which almost plays against the whole misogynistic aspect. Like the dickhead guy gets his at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that that probably was not J.P. Simon's <laughs> true intention. I mean, it was intended, but I don't think that it was like I think he just thought it was a cool idea to have this guy get his dick ripped off. You know, yeah, I don't think. Absolutely. But there there is like a tangible through line of yeah. women being brutalized and then getting and a then brief bit of revenge on one of the guys that was being shitty to them. Coming back though. from the dead in order to do so. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I think that might just uh, wrap it up for pieces. Uh, Eric, this is the part of the show, uh, the reductive rating round, where we remove all of the words, all of the nuance that we just spent discussing, and we reduce the film between a number between one and five. Uh, And also, we've turned it into kind of like a closing statements part. Uh, So I'll go first here. I'll say pieces was actually a pretty high four for me. When I finished watching it, I had no idea. I didn't even rate it at first because I was like, wow, what was that? (laughs) I was so thrown off by the movie. Um, (laughs) But sort of like retrospectively piecing the film together and how its own haphazard assembly actually plays into what the movie is about and almost makes the kills and the bizarre construction and dialogue honestly kind of not just charming kind of like impressive like yeah. almost that it like it, you you couldn't get a better film out of this if they tried right like almost like all of the stuff that they did wrong only contributes to what actually makes it work exactly um and so yeah for me i was you know the kills are brutal uh and again I did. I discovered through talking about it that there is yeah. actually kind of a through line about all of the brutalization kind of coming back, um, and yeah. Again, uh, JP Simon. Even if this was just an excuse for some of the kills, some of the kills are very, very impressive to watch. Yeah, especially for such an obviously low budget, uh, cheaply movie. made film. Yeah. So, so you said four. Four for me. Beautiful. Uh, mine also is going to be a four. It's it's high up there too yeah. uh i was just surprised yeah this movie like because halfway through the movie i was like oh man is this gonna be a three for me like that's where i was at at the time just because it was like you weren't sure where it was going kind it, well of thing. yeah just because i couldn't like i i i wasn't on its wavelength which is why i feel like uh, i think that eric's right that on a rewatch i'm gonna be on its wavelength kind of like yeah. with raw deal where we were so perplexed and baffled yes. by that film while exactly. we were watching it <laughs> and then when we rewatched it we were like oh my god this is amazing like if yeah, we talked about this. raw deal again right now i'd give it like a four yeah <laughs> i would too i think yeah just yeah. for the record we <laughs> yeah. can both say it yeah uh but i'm also gonna give uh pieces a four um it's it's amazing it made me laugh uh in i guess some ways that were intentional some ways that weren't but it all added to the charm of the film the kills were amazing especially for such a you know the low budget that they had uh they were really inventive with how they showed uh you know flesh being torn and then they'll mm-hmm. cut to a different image to kind of connect that with your for your brain and uh yeah it was great um and it more just american some of the- films made by spanish dudes who have no idea what americans are like please yes please because the dialogue <laughs> is just some of the best Amazing. teenage dialogue i've ever heard it's <laughs> like it's like it tops any kind of like sex comedy thing like uh american pirate again like that. and if anybody knows what do they say about sugar yeah, yeah. If anybody, what is the what is the I'd saying? I'd love to know <laughs> what the hell that woman was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, four, four, four out of five for me. Uh, and for you, Eric. And uh, I mean, I think I think you know 
it's going to be a five out of five for me. But I also, hey, I'm so, I am, you have no idea how happy I am that hearing you guys call it a four because it really is. It's such a, it's fun. It's a, <laughs> it's a fun movie with, it's everything that I want when I watch a, an exploitation film where yeah. it's a bunch of gore surrounded by insanity and it's not even a manufactured in, insanity, you know, like, I mean, there are parts, like you said, there's parts that are intentionally funny. But there are plenty that aren't. But I would never go so far as to call this. This does not in any way fit into like so bad it's good category. No. I don't. I run. Yeah, I agree with you there. Love pieces. I love pieces. Mm-hmm. It's 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 charming, despite all of its like I said, some of the little problematic issues that come with. But I mean, I, I you know, if you watch exploitation films, I think you've just kind of got to accept that that comes with the territory. Yeah. Oh yeah, comes comes with the trash. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it, a, that's a disclaimer on every episode of this show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah just like know. guys, we we can only do so much. <laughs> These filmmakers went for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just you know my parting words are: um, if you're listening to this and you've never seen it, just just watch it and leave any expectations at the door because you, you, you can't. Despite its tagline of "It's exactly what you think it is," it, isn't. it won't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You just kind of. No. it's true. You just kind of got to put it on and just let it flow over you. You know, just accept it for what it is and have a good time. Because yeah. there are moments like I could see give, people give saying to- it's so bad it's good, but I don't think that at all. There's been a few movies that we've talked about that seem to have that reputation, and I just don't really agree. Like, th- there's enough intentional filmmaking here that. They knew what they were doing. Right, and even the stuff that's unintentional yep. still does feel like it contributes to a larger construction that reflects the actual movie itself and yeah. the care and the the sort of the tone of the kills and the uh again the the way that this is again feels like a movie it feels like an American slasher that he kind of just like mutilated and cut out pieces of all kinds of American films he's seen yeah. and just thrown them together, stitched them together like the mom corpse that (laughs) Dean has himself stitched together. (laughs) And in its own way, in the same way, it has, there's a weird reanimating feeling that comes out of that because you do recognize this stuff and you've seen some of this stuff before, but it's just so off kilter enough that it's thrilling when you're watching it. And it's going to become my new go-to to to like, I think like actually maybe start introducing exploitation movies to people. I'm going to buy this on Blu-ray. That's awesome. I'm going to invite people over yeah. and I'm going to be like, yes. look, this is entertaining and good. So, yeah. so. I would like to watch that Blu-ray because I yeah. had to watch this online, I'm pretty sure. Oh, like, and just no. find a free thing. I don't even think I could find a download for these oh, movies. Okay. So it was just like, I, I mean, it was it was still great, but the quality was a little lesser than I would have okay. enjoyed. I, I, I found a, like, a, like a high quality, a, oh, dec- nice. a decent quality one nice. anyway. One that was Mine like, wasn't terrible. It was just, I would love to watch that Blu-ray for sure. Oh yeah. Well, I'm going to go look for it online and definitely pick that up. But that's going to wrap it up for pieces. And uh, we're going to be right back and we're going to be talking about uh, uh, J.P. Simon's follow-up film, 1988, uh, Slugs. Slugs. Don't turn on the tap. Don't go in the basement. No, get out of here! Steer clear of the sewers. And whatever you do, don't make out while your parents aren't home. Slugs. It may be the most shocking movie you will ever see. Slugs.
Uh, okay, well, um, so Slugs is, I mean, honestly, Slugs could have had the tagline too, though. It's exactly what you think it is because it's it falls into that vein with like Squirm or Night of the Leap, any of those movies about killer animals. <laughs> okay. Right. But done by J.P. Simon. So it's got a bunch of oddball, you know, the fact that the Slugs kill people and one of the deaths is a an old couple who dies in a greenhouse final destination style yeah. <laughs> says everything about that movie. You know, I, I love that part too. Cause the old guy's like, he's biting my hand and he just freaks out and blows up his whole garage. But like, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 there's, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's got what I expect out of those movies as well. It's got, um, again, just like pieces, some incredible gore scenes, some incredible deaths, uh, Weird obsession with eyeballs, but um, yeah, <laughs> lots of lots of good deaths, and um, you know your square jawed hero and uh, the the fight to save the day from killer animals. But again, it's got that J.P. Simon weirdness, like characters that don't make a, a whole lot of sense. Um, not on the same level as pieces, and I think that's because he was dealing with an adult cast, so maybe he could relate slightly better with writing dialogue. You know. You, well, don't even, have any even then, there's still smoking a pot lot of fucking on a waterbed line. <laughs> there's still like a kind of bizarre tone to the thing where like even the hero guy who his job makes a lot of sense. He's like the environmental guy. So he's the guy who's investigating this sort of weird phenomenon where some sort of like uh, radiation or some sort of poison has mutated these slugs to uh, not just eat you know, vegetation to want to eat uh, flesh and humans and yeah. grow to sizes where they can actually do damage to people. So it makes sense that that's the character who's the lead, mm-hmm. but he's weirdly calm about the whole thing. Yeah. Even after seeing people be like completely destroyed by these things. Yeah. Just and, eaten from like the and inside. And weirdly just horny all the it, time. It seems like that's a recurring theme in, with J.P. Simon. It seems like, uh, that he he sex has sex and death. Yeah, exactly. Sex and death. It seems like every <laughs> single time and it's weird too that two <laughs> characters I found it more so in this film, but it seems like every uh female character does kind of really play second to whoever the man that they're with. Like and I don't mean that in in the sense of the the casting, I mean that more so the characters themselves. Like mm. it seems like the business guy that gets uh eaten at the dinner table. Yeah. Uh he, he every single piece of dialogue and back and forth with them is her going like can I make you dinner? You have such a tough job. Like all this kind of stuff. Let's fuck. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then it's always like it's always like a, a guy. And he's like, no, waiting. no, we 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 can't do this because the movie has other things happening. And yeah, it's focusing on those things, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I found that interesting. It seems like every uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, or wife, husband dynamic kind of has that classic like the man brings home the bacon and and the woman cooks and cleans like it, it kind of had that vibe well, the whole and, time. and again there there is yeah. still kind of like bizarre dialogue happening here too where there's For like sure. there early on in the film there's like these kids who kind of like heckle a dude on the street yeah and, the and, drunk and, guy yeah <laughs> and 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 his his whole thing about it is he's like yelling at them and they're just yelling back at him and then they just drive off and nothing happens and he just goes those kids could have killed me, but I survived. Yeah. To like no one in particular. <laughs> yeah, to, <nobody. laughs> to like the dog he finds. Yeah. 
And you're just like, yeah, this is a normal thing that someone would say in a normal situation that yeah. clearly nobody just wrote. And what's and amazing about happened. that, I, I like that you said that because when I heard that, I literally had that same thought. But since I we watched Pieces, mm-hmm. and I, I watched this uh, pretty much back to back, I think, and seeing Pieces... And then going into slugs, I already had that kind of uh, idea of what he was doing. Right. So when they had that weird dialogue, I just found it part of the charm of the movie Mm -hmm. again. And I was like, right back into it, J.P. Simon. Yeah, uh, you're you're more primed to like register with its wavelength that clearly he's operating on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The J.P. wavelength. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You were you were in the zone. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, Yeah. And like the character, the hero character also like. There's two moments in it where he goes from like when he finds out that the old couple dies in the greenhouse. He's like, oh, that's terrible. They were such good people. And like a half second later goes, hey, you did new things with the garden. Like he just (laughs) changes emotions. That's what I mean. At the very end of the movie, he's like a destroyed man. He's like my friend. He was my friend. I lost him. You know, they're like, well, he died doing what he loved. And he's like. That's a very small comfort. And then like a second later, he's like, hey, to his girlfriend as he runs towards her. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, th- that's what I mean is that he he, he, he gets has, over things real quick. Yeah. yeah. He, he, like he has this attitude where he's just kind of like, again, moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> where, the, where like he's just like, OK, we have to move on from this part. So now the character is like calmly and reasonably looking at this absurd murder. Right. And it's just like, all right, yeah, I guess we're dealing with it this. It really is like he kind of <laughs> instead of like what you'd normally have a character do. Based on what happens to them, they would, you know, apply different changes as the timeline goes. But it seems like he can only he focus like on one emotion yeah. at a time. And it's very funny. It, it does add to more humor. But you know. well, and, and that's what I mean. There's a scene where he's like going to do the final thing, where he's like figured out how to kill the slugs or whatever, and he's leaving home, and his the the girl is like, you know, getting all horned up and like trying yeah. to like do it, and he's just like, I gotta go do something first. Yeah, and. and and then he goes <laughs> and they, they do this big set piece where they, you know, they spoiler alert, like kill the slugs in like this giant absurd explosion, which was clearly which like killed, 90% of the budget, which, which could have killed so many innocent people. <laughs> <laughs> like That's the only thing I thought of. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're killing more people than the slugs ever did throughout yep. this whole movie right now. You're just not showing the people getting exploded, you know? Yep. Just some kids like on the street, like playing hockey all of a sudden, just boom, like yeah. big Fire, and then know? again, he's suddenly <laughs> just forgot to include it after straight facing it the entire time and not even being that friendly with his friend. He's yeah. like d- totally gutted that his friend died in the explosion yeah. uh, with probably tons of other people that were in those buildings <laughs> that just exploded. Yeah, just, like, and it never it doesn't try to like explain that at all. No, again, it, it just it's writes just like, it hey, off. It's the solution. We yep. just, we did it. It writes it off. Slugs and are he, gone. There's a big romantic kiss that is completely like doesn't gel with what we've just seen happen at all. Yeah. But like clearly it was written because they were like, this is the romantic ending. <laughs> yeah. It, this is what you do. It's, this is movies. I feel, I feel like that, you know, remember that like studio hack director in Bojack Horseman? Oh yeah. Where he's <laughs> just, he's just like, it's a happy scene. <laughs> Bojack teaches the Spanish kids a lesson. And like, yeah. that's what it feels like when you watch this where he's just like, like, oh, they romantically kiss at the end. Everyone <laughs> feels good. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow. Even though, like, so much destruction happened, we're not even sure if all of them were destroyed. I mean, we're talking slugs here, you know? Yeah. There could be one, and there is, well, but... 
Again, there is. They show it at the end. That's right. the stinger. Right. By the way, just I mean, well, there's more to talk about, but that ending when it shows the the last slug and the zoom in so badly for some reason, I just wanted the slug to actually have a voice and be like, <laughs> "You thought you could get the last of me?" <laughs> and then it just is like credits. Yeah. I don't know why I wanted it. I honestly thought it would fit. Slugs too. The reckoning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming soon. And instead, he like actually wears a uniform in the second yeah. one and stuff. You know. <laughs> It's like oh gremlins, they start talking. <laughs> Again, it, th- these movies, these J.P. Simon movies, I appreciate them because they're clearly greenlit mm-hmm. very cynically to cater to a certain kind of we can make it cheaply, we can make it yeah. gross, we can and uh, it, you know it, we can put a poster and be like this is like Jaws except with slugs. Yeah, and like you know like clearly that that is where these these how these movies get made. And J.P. Simon almost truthfully reflects that mindset with his filmmaking by just as haphazardly constructing the films in a way that feels almost like a cynical ploy. And Mm -hmm. I realize that sounds bad, but it actually is the charm of the films is how they're made this way. And I think Pieces works better because that is more in conversation with what that film is actually about. Whereas with slugs, it's a little bit more, I mean, it's a little bit more seemingly unintentionally kind of bizarre. Yeah. I think I'm thinking a little more so than pieces. Yeah. There's a couple intentional jokes. I I love the bit where the sheriff, where the guy is saying something along the lines of he's doing like an autopsy with the body. I don't even remember what he says about the body, but he's just like, the sheriff's like, don't say that unless you're sure. And he's like, I'm sure, sheriff. He's like, don't say you're sure unless you're sure. He's like, I'm sure, I'm sure, sheriff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that's that's my favorite character. Which one's that one? Fat sheriff. I'm sorry, I'm using a leading skull term. They always call the inept sheriff the fat sheriff, but that's... (laughs) That's probably the best character in the movie because he's such a stereotype shithead cop. Oh, yeah. Just right. doesn't believe anything that's going on. He's like, this is my investigation. You don't know anything. There's no slugs. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Yeah. 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 They're also, the best, hands down, the best line in the movie that comes out of nowhere and is never addressed ever again. You don't have the authority to declare happy birthday. <laughs> I'm saying that to the next person that says happy birthday to me, just yeah. for just for fun, or anyone who just questions your authority <laughs> yeah. and just be like, actually, I have the authority to declare happy birthday, yeah. sir. <laughs> Another one that's great. Now, this one isn't quite. This is where it like kind of differs between his intentional comedy and his unintentional comedy. Yeah. But my favorite line, and I don't think it was intentionally funny, but I lost my fucking mind is when the guy, he, he's like, he goes up to his wife because he's about to sacrifice himself. Or not sacrifice himself necessarily, but do the job that might need to sacrifice He's going himself. into the abyss. Is, is this also, also the part where, you know, they're both, like, super horny, talking about, like, man-eating slugs, and, like, he's got to go do his job? I think so, because this is when he goes, he's like, yeah. he's like, I got to go. But when I do get back, how about we get naked and get crazy? <laughs> And I, I have, again, and it's played what? completely seriously, though. Like yeah. he's saying this to his wife, 
like she's like, oh yeah, I'm totally down for that. You go get those slugs, big boy. You know, like yeah. that whole thing. <laughs> and uh, it, it's the best. Like I thought it was so funny. Like that was something out of a cheap porno or something. It's yeah. Great. Well, and, and again, that is not a line said by a guy who has just watched like exploding bodies and like slugs being like gnawing <laughs> yeah. upon intestines with like spraying guts everywhere. Get naked and get crazy. And I'm just like, nothing gets me horny quite like. Slugs, slugs ripping people to shreds and exploding eyeballs that's right yeah oh my god it's great i loved that <laughs> again i don't think but i've seen anything constructed the way that jp simon constructs films like this for real <laughs> yep it's incredible well and the only i think if i had to level one complaint at slugs it was, you know i watched it for the first time and i don't watch it as often as pieces by any means i've seen pieces like an embarrassing number of times but i've <laughs> seen slugs you know, seven or eight times now. And I watched it for the first time and probably a year or two last night just for this. And um, I mean, I could recite pieces with my eyes closed, so I didn't bother with that. But I slugs, I, I uh, rewatched. And one thing, it, you know, it, it, it's incredibly f- paced, I think, for the first hour and 15 minutes. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't move slowly. Like, there's deaths, you know, it's like a, 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 he brings the deaths on. I'm pretty fast and furious, but the climax between the explosion and like 15 minutes when he has that conversation with his wife, it's a little boring when they're just kind of running around the sewers. It goes on a little too long. It almost takes the steam out of everything, but thankfully it does end like in a madcap enough way. And he just straight up sacrifices his friend, you know, like, I mean, (laughs) not, not, not the main character. JP Simon as a writer is like, yeah, this is, buddy we're gonna have him die in a really horrible way he's going to fall into the slug water and and that actually you know that scene is pretty cool the way it's shot with him like like dropping underwater and like climbing to the top and then falling back under the underwater shots of him sinking to the bottom with the blood rising to the top like yeah i was you know jp you did, did a pretty good job with that bit but yeah, it's just like great. i said there's just too much them kind of wandering the sewers at the end that just kind of bogs it down oh a little bit. No, it's a small complaint, but um, mm-hmm. that yeah, would be no, my only I, real complaint. I definitely agree because if, if we're going to compare this, especially with pieces as the structure of the show clearly is, yeah. the main thing for me is that front to back pieces is a complete joy because either you have the bizarre kills, yeah. you have the weird Freudian mystery of why the kills are happening, yeah. and then the plotting element is just as bizarre. This right. bit of the undercover tennis player and these terrible detectives and a, a really annoying, creepy teenager who's tagging along for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and the way that those two <laughs> stories eventually interact actually is compelling. Yeah, uh, whereas yeah. what we get here, unfortunately, I find is that a lot of the the plotting of the uh, there's something bad happening. I got to go tell the mayor. I got to go tell the police. And no and one's then, believing me. And yeah, like that stuff. There are shades again of that J.P. Simon like oh, yeah. has never spoken to another human before <laughs> element. But there's there's just there's not quite as much as there is in pieces, which you know, makes no, again, pieces for me never lulled at all because both, I was so baffled by the three different elements of that film. Whereas here you're right. The plotting, it does get bogged down a little bit in the plotting of uh, lots of other films that we've seen before, which is Mm. we need to solve this problem. I was actually thinking specifically of the blob. 
Yeah, we Slug just we, we just covered the remake of the Blob, pieces, yeah. um, and I was just like, you know, the the more satir intentionally satirical element of the plotting in that got me through more than you know the little bits here where he's just like the characters are kind of slowly solving the thing we already know, yeah, and then trying to convince everyone that it's happening and no one's listening to them, which done through J.P. Simon's bizarre tone actually makes this kind of like weirdly like almost anti-human <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of vibe where you're, <laughs> where you're kind of like, this is just a movie that should have ended with everybody dying. <laughs> well, yeah. I, you know what? I t- that's, uh, that's funny that you say that because yeah, there's, there's even a moment where it's, it's near the end. It's a kill that, and I found it to be actually a little mean, like a little oh, yeah. mean spirited. And it's because there was no, uh, redemption for the girl. It's the girl that uh, almost gets raped, so she runs away. Oh right, and right. and she just she she's getting yeah. shit on. She's at the party. No one wants to hang with her, so she leaves. Then she almost gets raped, so then she leaves that situation and runs. Then she falls into a hole, and then she gets eaten by slugs, and then the rapist gets away. So you're, <laughs> so you're just like, yeah. damn, I feel really <laughs> awful about that whole situation. And it, it wasn't as, you know, it's not fun. So it was like. And I mean, you know, kills are fun, whatever. But but w- with the with the added rape, yeah, right. <laughs> it kind of it, it. I was like, could you at least kill the rapist? Yeah. Now that you've killed the girl, could you uh, just come back yeah, to it, the rapist and kill him? Like, but uh, they didn't, and I was a little shocked by that, to be honest. So that was yeah, a little weird. it definitely feels like an odd touch, especially considering what we just talked about with the end of pieces, right? Which yeah. which almost justifies all of its weird women killing with sure, a w- sure. with a kind of I mean it because it, it it psychologically uh orients the main character yes. to want to kill women and then even has the sort of the vengeful spirit of the women reanimate the corpse in a way yeah. which is just a lot more compelling version of you know this one just what we like could commonly pure- call misogynistic violence but this one just kind of is just like oh it's just a kill okay they just that treat sucks. it like a kill yeah and then, and, and so you kind of get a bad taste in your mouth about that one just really that kill like the rest of the kills aren't like that like they didn't make me feel bad no but the, that the, one the, made the me rest feel are kind of like kind just of a bunch of bougie people yeah. just getting kind of like yeah now there was yeah. a gruesome one uh, with the, the 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 girlfriend and boyfriend, and they just slowly get eaten naked. Oh yeah, that was brutal. And <laughs> I mean, it's but that's not that's you know yep. it's you could say it's mean spirited, but it's not in the same realm as the the girl that right. dies it, at the end. Right. Uh, it's I, gruesome I, it's, though. I, it's I, also I, funny because the it's funny because the boyfriend is like your stereotype like eighties bad boy. Yeah. Like he drives like a a muscle card. He looks like a young Sammy Hagar. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty funny, um, you know, what he, and, and, the, and the fact that they make him act like he tries for a second to help her. And then he's like, Oh fuck this. I'm out of here. He kind of gets his, like he, he gets what he deserves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and those scenes, they really work. Really. It's just that one kill that I got kind of a bad taste. It didn't, it didn't, Go, come full circle like the other ones and pieces and all that kind of thing so right I, yeah. I, I do love the one where they because the movie kind of like opens with kind of like the the more upper class folks kind of like eating at a fancy restaurant and having really strange conversations <laughs> yeah. uh, 
uh, <laughs> with other people there and being like, all right, we're leaving. Uh, we got to do things. And I was like, I thought they were establishing that they were kind of made uncomfortable by the conversation that was happening. Mm-hmm. But then they don't talk about anything. And I realized that they were just being like, oh, it's time for us to leave now. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and I was like, okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But then watching those same people at dinner have the guy who has like slugs like inside of him because he was, yeah. was it was he fed slugs by the lettuce or something yeah, or what the, was the, it the, his girlfriend was making yeah lettuce it was, it'll, it it was in the lettuce in it. it was in yeah. the lettuce that he was eating and then the slugs just inside of him take him at in the middle of the restaurant while they're all eating dinner yeah. and basically his face just melts away yeah and it like, starts like it's a little bubbling because i don't know and, if like, it makes squirming. sense physically no like, it it's doesn't. like he, she's he's being eaten from the inside but the but the slugs wouldn't be inside his face so but they're like his face is melting and things. Ah, it works but uh, see you know. you know what i well i thought the same thing and okay so the first time i watched it i thought that even last night it had been a while since i watched it and i was thinking man this is incredibly like terribly written but funny terribly written <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah like these slugs that are so aggressive don't kill this guy until he's like doing the most important business meeting of his life. Like the cop is one day from the <laughs> like, gets killed. Wait like, for that it. That kind of wait timing. For but, it. but it's not the scientist, the, the weird British scientist that the main character's friends with that like out of nowhere, they're like, Oh, let's go talk to your scientist friend. Um, yeah. He explains that they're not slugs that killed him. They were flukes in that only affect the blood of slugs, but they had a, somehow gotten to a point where they could affect humans. So it's oh. radioactive flukes. That kill this guy, not slugs. Oh, so it. Good job, JP the, Simon. The, he threw in some exposition yeah, yeah. to explain that one away. Yeah, yeah, he got me. <laughs> Damn it. In all fairness, he wasn't. It wasn't as inept as it seemed. I mean, it's still incredibly over the top and stupid, but yeah. he at least he at least had some sort of thought behind it. Yeah. Well, I can forgive him for that then. Oh, I, yeah. I take my critique back. <laughs> and it's a, it's a great excuse to watch a dude's flesh like melt and bubble and squirm before it explodes. Yeah, and he's just, and not to mention uh, like he's in this rich restaurant. Everyone's just looking at him while he's just like going, yeah! like, it's just, it's over the top and amazing. So <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's beautiful. His and, eyeballs guys are out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and it all again, it all just culminates in this sequence where all the slugs are in the in the sewers, and they're being like, "This is a big problem, so let's just blow up the sewers." I guess <laughs> yeah. like that's like genius. Uh, just kill some dude shitting on the toilet, like yeah, just done. <laughs> and again, this this sequence where they actually again, you you mentioned the sequence the sequence where the friend dies, which is actually pretty brutal, and then they. He, he lets his friend go and ignites the sewers and manholes go flying. Cars explode. Houses explode. explode. <laughs> and and like the there's so many shots that it's this is a montage of just explosions where the implication is that he's like blown up the town. Yeah. And you're <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And, and you're just left watching it kind of like. What? <laughs> yeah, like, is everyone okay? <laughs> did, did we did, 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 did we fix it? Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, look, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what the town was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and again, the, that the whole bit where he just is kind of like that was so terrible. Let's 
fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again, that's the general reaction that he has for the whole movie over and over and over again. That guy learns no lessons. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically, that's what, that's yeah. J.P. Simon's view He's, on life is either you're taking care of a problem or you're fucking. Yeah, <laughs> or That's you're it. exploding. Yeah, <laughs> one of the three. Yeah, one of the three. Whether whether by natural causes or man-made causes, you're exploding. Yeah, <laughs> there's no normal heart attack death in a J.P. Simon world. No, exactly. <laughs> what a bizarre movie. Yeah, uh, incredible. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Well, does anyone got anything left to say about slugs? I'm good for the rating round. Yeah. Yeah, I think we covered it. All right, well, we'll enter the reductive rating round on this one. For me, Slugs is going to get, I think we're going to go with the three on this one. Nice. Um, mostly because just even watching it just after pieces, you're right, I was more prepared to engage with what Slugs was. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, it did not thrill me as much as uh, pieces did, both mm-hmm. intentionally and unintentionally. I think rewatching pieces, I'm gonna love that movie even more yeah and i don't see myself actually revisiting slugs all that much maybe just because the we've talked a lot about sort of like monster body horror stuff and that you know uh, to me this was kind of in the realm of like street trash sure yeah Uh, but even street trash had a couple more bizarre things yeah. going on in it yeah uh like the bit where they rip off the hobo's dick and <laughs> play monkey, monkey in the, in the middle, middle with it, it. yeah <laughs> like again i couldn't if, believe if, i was if, watching if, what if, i was watching. yeah if, if slugs had a couple more things like that that may, pushed it into like the uncanny realm that pieces ends up in yeah uh and had a little bit less of the kind of you know, the, the the typical plotting that needs to exist for this movie to exist and market itself as the movie that it is, mm-hmm. which is we got we got some some natural problems and we got to solve them like people would. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of my only complaint with it. But again, it does exist in that J.P. Simon universe yes. of what the hell am I watching it still has that charm. Uh, both in terms of dialogue and in terms of the, a lot of the kills that are happening. And, you know, like, I can't say that this is a bad film by any means oh, just no, because I no. had fun with it. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the three on it. Sweet. Uh, I'm also going to give it the three. It's a pretty high three. I still mm-hmm. had a lot of fun with this movie. I mean, I, I just, like, I've learned to now love J.P. Simon's approach on just dialogue and accept it for what it is. And it's, you know, accept his charm, basically. Uh, I do agree with you. There was a little too much, you know, like normal plotting that just didn't add to the story. Really, it kind of dulled it down a little bit. There was still a lot of good comedy moments that I enjoyed. Not as many as pieces. Again, the kills were good. Um, I, again, if, if only the plotting was as bizarrely constructed as the plotting in in yeah. pieces, because because pe- pieces doesn't has its fair share of plotting. But you're watching it and you're like, the plotting also doesn't it, make any sense. Yeah. Whereas this one does actually make more sense. Yeah, it's just a little bit more it's a little more mundane. Typical. Yeah, uh, because of that. Right. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's what I when I'm watching J.P. Simon now. That's what I like is more of the pieces realm where he just can kind of go ham and go all over the place with it. Um, I want to see his journey to the center of the earth. Apparently he made a monster Island movie like that. I, I put it on my watch list. That's I went, it. I went to JP Simon. I was like, I got to see more of this guy. That sounds um, crazy. He also did a movie called dirty war, which is a, an African mercenary crime movie. Wow. Okay. The, uh, um, down. That's awesome. 
The, the one, another thing that I liked at the end, though, was when, you know, like the whole movie, he's not believed about the slugs, right? right? And at the very end, I think it's either he goes up to the, the chief of police or one other dude that didn't believe him, and he just looks right at him and goes, you, you can go to hell. <laughs> and, and I lost my mind. That that was such a good wrap up to like him not being believed at all throughout this entire thing. He's like, I fucking told you there were slugs, goddammit. And uh, yeah, so I like that. <laughs> Overall, uh, I'm going to give it a high three. Awesome. And for you, Eric. And uh, I would give it. Yeah, I would. You know, it's funny. Your reactions are actually better than mine. The first the first time <laughs> I saw slugs, I would have probably if this were my first time watching it now on here, I probably would have been like eh, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come to I've come to like it a lot more. It's a four for me at this point. Um, nice. But again, with everything you're saying about one more aside, street trash is incredible. After you guys mentioned, I do want to say that Street Trash is an incredible movie, and I love that the main character is just a humongous shitbag. But um, (laughs) as far as Slugs goes, um, you know, I like the Animals Attack movies anyways, and just seeing it through the filter of J.P. Simon weirdness, even though it doesn't reach the nearly like dizzying weirdness of pieces, it's still got the J.P. charms. Um, The very first scene where that couple's fishing on a boat and like it, it just, you know, it's just to set up that there's killer slugs, but it, it had me so excited the first time I watched it because it even does the bad dubbing, dubbing when the guy gets pulled off the boat and he goes, Hey, like there's that really funny, like, <laughs> yeah, like, Hey, that the guy lets out. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, I'm strapping in. It's more JP. And like I said, it kind of let me down, but I have come to like, it, it it's exactly what he wanted to make. It's exactly what you would expect from a movie about killer slugs. And you know, if that's your thing, you're going to like it. If not, yeah, it's. But Why are you I, here? Think, I think yeah. your movies are also fair. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love the trash with us. That's what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. It's all about that master trash. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I think that that'll wrap it up for uh, pieces and slugs by J.P. Simon. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for joining us and coming on the show. If you've got bringing anything, these bad boys, yeah. If you've got anything to plug, this is the part where you do it. You know, I I don't. I uh, I'm not a SoundCloud guy or uh, <laughs> I don't a podcast or um, anything like that. So I'm I uh, yeah. That's I wish I. Actually, I'm, I don't. I don't care. I'm glad you guys had me on. I appreciate it. And I'm glad I got to sit and have like some in-depth discussions on pieces. And I'm really glad that I got you guys to see it for the first time. That's that's incredible. I've, that's one of those movies I have made so many people watch pieces with me um, <laughs> that have never seen. I mean, people, the right kind of people. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, like, I wouldn't be on like a first date and be like, "Hey, let's watch this. <laughs> let's watch this pieces movie." But like, you know, I've heard it's good. Mine, <laughs> yeah, heard it's uh, heard it's good. Oh. Awesome. Well, the whole the, <laughs> so, the whole the whole yeah, reason for I'm us is to get people. I'm glad you guys had me on, and it, I had a lot of fun doing this. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, and the whole reason we do it is to try to get people to kind of expose to this because again, we aren't that familiar with a lot of this stuff. So, someone like yeah. you who has deep dived for us to curate is kind of what we we look for. A lot of our patrons also are people who. Uh, sometimes give us recommendations because you know we need people going through the gutter so that we can find the gems yeah and uh exactly. you know we're we're we're, we're, we're kind of like the people who are out there trying to like shine some light on them but you know we need the real troops who are in there spending ten dollars <laughs> buying a vhs of something yeah. that's never been seen before exactly which i don't do but you, you are do. the real so, like, champion that's, here that's real important <laughs> shit like you're braver than the troops is what i'm saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
So thanks for coming on, uh, and thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, what are we doing next week? We are patrons. Doing... You guys have an exclusive episode for you guys coming up in one week's time, so where good. we are going to be talking Mario Bava. Uh, yeah. We haven't talked uh, too much Giallo yet on this show, so we are going to be uh, diving into uh, one of its foremost stylists, Mario Bava, Italian filmmaker, uh, and we're going to be talking Black Sunday, 1960, his kind of gothic horror, uh, sort of like you, yeah, sort of, of like Universal Monsters, satanic thing going yeah. on there. Uh, really cool, give me like Dracula, Frankenstein vibes a little bit. So. Exactly, and then we're going to be pairing it with his uh, Mario Bava's follow up in 1971, uh, A Bay of Blood. Yeah. Which is uh, the start of slasher? Yeah, kinda, so, sort yeah. of like the the beginnings of what we would now associate with the slasher films of a bunch of sex crazed teens going yeah. to uh, a, a lake house or a bay house uh, to get uh, brutally murdered one by one. Yep, uh, and all they it wanted to bright do red was it blood and all kinds of naturalistic forest lighting and things like that. Uh, two insanely different. Uh, visually uh, oriented films by yeah. the same filmmaker. Uh, mm. Bava is interesting because his career is actually sort of just a raw documentation of how much horror changed between 1960 and 1977, I think was his last film. Okay. Um, so that's what you can expect patrons on your bonus episode next week. But in two weeks time, it's finally here. Uh, we're not going to be having a guest on because Jamie and I were doing the, the original boys. We're going to be deep diving into the Halloween franchise yeah. and we're going to be talking Halloween, John Carpenter, Halloween two and Halloween three season of the witch. And, uh, if either of us make the effort, we might mention a couple moments that happen in Halloween four and five and six and seven, but we're going to yeah. focus on the first three and then we're going to be pairing it with, uh, the uh, new one. David Gordon Green's Halloween 2018. Yeah, which, which you said was good. Which I saw at the Toronto International Film Festival and I can say yeah, is is good. Maybe don't yell at me if you don't like it because I could <laughs> see it not working for people. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, don't don't email me. me. Don't, don't talk to me. <laughs> don't uh, at me, bro. But at the same time, I think if you're looking for kind of a... Uh, a loving tribute to what John Carpenter is doing in the original for a comedy filmmaker, both Danny McBride and yeah. David Gordon Green behind uh, writing and directing that film. Uh, th the film is surprisingly simplistic and true to the kind of pure, ruthless wavelength energy of death that <laughs> exists uh, in John Carpenter's original Halloween. And Jamie Lee Curtis coming back as grandma Jamie Lee yeah. uh, is surprisingly vulnerable. And what it kind of has her doing is really, really dark. And cool. we'll get into it when uh, we eventually get to I actually record that episode. Seen Jamie I'm hasn't excited. seen it yet. But uh, I had a lot of fun with that movie, despite the fact that I think people might be a little turned off by some of the comedy in the film, okay. which has a little bit too much winking Wes Craven meta attitude to it. But there but, was a big difference, you'd say, than Predator doing it, right? Yes, Predator was just boring, whereas okay. there's there's a pulse to Halloween, even in its comedy bits, which don't always right. work. We mean new Predator, not old Predator, because old Predator is amazing. Oh, yeah. 1987 Predator is awesome. But Shane <laughs> yeah. Black's Predator, which I also saw at TIFF, was pretty not, not good. Not too good, <laughs> apparently. I haven't seen it, but... Uh, so yeah, that's what you can expect in two weeks' time, a Halloween episode where we're talking four or five films on that 
the episode. Yeah. It's going to be crazy for us. Uh, but again, thanks so much for listening, everyone. And uh, keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy. <laughs>